This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, one of the things I keep hearing from our audience is a call to make mask wearing mandatory in public places. And that's been brought up to the premier and to various other civic leaders. And the argument is that they do not have a good way to enforce that. But the city of Guelph and Wellington and Dufferin counties have made it compulsory. So how is it working? And what do you think? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to Mike Schreiner, who is the leader of the Ontario Green Party. Hi, Mike. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. So how is the mandatory mask-wearing order going? Yeah, I speak for the Guelph part of the we're we're, uh, we're having health. a hard time hearing you, Mike. Oh, is that better, Libby? That is much better. Okay. Now we don't hear you at all. Are you? What are? What kind of a phone are you on, Libby? Is this better? This is I don't better. Know what's happening? Okay. I can I can hear you fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in Guelph, it it seems to be uh, working well. Uh, I have had constituents reach out to me uh, raising concerns, uh, but I think over, the overwhelming majority of the public is complying with the public health order. There are exemptions for young children, people with disabilities and medical conditions that make wearing a mask uh, a challenge. But I think most people want to see a safe reopening of the economy and are willing to, you know, uh, uh, follow the public health guidelines that allow for that safe reopening. Uh, so what is the, uh, you know, what's the stick? Uh, it, what is the enforcement piece of this? What happens to people who won't wear a mask? Yeah, I mean, that is one of the challenges. So obviously, uh, bylaw officials are um, mandated with enforcement. Uh, I think most are trying to enforce it in a way that isn't overly aggressive, because uh, I know we've seen, particularly in the early days of the pandemic, some concerns around uh, bylaw officials in various parts of the province being overly aggressive, enforcing physical distancing guidelines. So I think the bylaw officials are, are trying to be very reasonable in the enforcement and also recognizing that there are exemptions for people for young children and people with with medical conditions. But from what I can see in my shopping that I've done, you know, grocery shopping or the hardware store, whatever, in Guelph, um, the vast majority of people are wearing masks and complying with the order. And again, back to the enforcement, what are the penalties? Is it a fine or what? And, And is it a big fine or a medium fine? You know, I, I would have to hop on the, the public health website, so I don't want to give you inaccurate information on that. Okay. And I don't have that at my fingertips right now. Okay. Uh, so you're saying, because uh, it's interesting, here in Toronto, uh, there's mandatory mask wearing on the TTC, but 
uh, again. And, you know, I think they're allowed to fine, but they're not fining. It's, it's, they're calling it mandatory, but without really an enforcement piece. And I'm just not sure how that works. Well, I, my hunch, and I can't speak for bylaw enforcement in Toronto or in Guelph, Wellington, Dufferin, uh, but my guess is is that most bylaw officers want to be very reasonable. They don't want to be too confrontational with people. Uh, they want to, you know, uh, let people know that if they're not in compliance, uh, and if we start seeing, you know, huge numbers of people not complying, then they may shift to a more aggressive enforcement. But I think most bylaw officers want to try to do it in a in a in a reasonable way. And from what I can see, uh, in Guelph at least, uh, the vast majority of people are complying with with the order. Um. There also seems to be a, a demographic aspect to this, frankly, that older people are a lot more likely to comply than younger people, uh, even though the number of infections among younger people is spiking. The, a lot of them seem to think, well, you know, even if I get it, it's not going to be very bad. And uh, it seems to be more of an issue getting young people to wear it. Uh, is is that what you're finding in Guelph? Well, certainly I would say everybody who's in an older demographic, uh, almost see almost everyone wearing a mask when they're out. And I, I was observing that prior to the public health officer's order. Uh, you do tend to see less young people, but I'm still seeing a lot of young people uh, wearing a mask. Uh, I think, you know, more and more information is getting out there that one, young people are rates of infection are going up among young people. And, you know, you don't want to be the young person to get your grandparents sick or your parents sick or an aunt, uncle uh, sick. And so I think increasingly more and more young people are recognizing that they have a responsibility to not only keep themselves safe, but keep their loved ones who are in an older demographic safe as well. So I'm, I see quite a few young people wearing masks, but certainly not at the same rate as as people who are in older demographics. Um, that's good to hear. The other question that I have is that a, a lot of it is a, a culture thing. You know, there are cultures where mask wearing is more normative and has been for a long time. And those turns out that those were places that had relatively milder experiences of COVID-19. I'm thinking about uh, South Korea. I'm thinking about Singapore, even though they did have a bit of a second wave. So uh, do you have uh, any thoughts on just how we make it more part of our culture? You know what? I'm actually I'm starting to see more and more people in advertisements uh, with fashionable masks, and so making it, you know, kind of hip and cool and the socially acceptable thing to do. I mean, if you think about it, at one point, smoking was something very common and socially accepted, and even promoted by doctors. And all of that changed once we realized the you know severe negative health effects of smoking and. And now, you know, smoking's not cool. Same thing wearing seatbelts. I can remember when, oh, you know, you know, who who would want to put on a seatbelt when I was a, when I was a young kid? And now, pretty much everyone puts on a seatbelt. So I think you're starting to see a fast um, adaptation of people wearing masks, 
being socially acceptable and sometimes even increasingly, you know, socially unacceptable not to be wearing a mask, particularly in areas where physical distancing is, is tough. So I think that social pressure will play a role. But I also think, you know, there's a lot of stylish masks being marketed out there. And, um, and so I think, you know, it'll be seen as one more socially acceptable, but also, you know, you can show a little style with your mask as well. Okay, uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Rita in Burlington. Hi, Rita. Uh, hi, Libby. Um, my comment is I do feel that the masks should be mandatory. Um, in terms of enforcement, I think they just need to same the fit, sorry, follow the same model when they put in the seatbelt laws and uh, driving impaired. And they can just do certain blitzes. We're at a specific time, a specific day, different parts of the cities. They can just go out and do a blitz. And I think people will get the message and they will wear them. You know, a blitz is an interesting thought, Rita. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Okay. And let's hear from Dennis in Brampton. Hello, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. I I agree with the previous caller. I, I think it should be mandatory. I don't understand why... Uh, officials are reluctant to do so, and because uh, I have seen several legal opinions in uh, some of the, what I've read to say there's nothing to prevent them uh, from doing it. It's not a civil, civil liberties uh, issue. This morning, I happened to go out, and I needed to get some blood work done. And in the waiting area in Life Labs, there are clearly people there compromised. Otherwise, why are they there getting work done? Some had masks on, but many didn't. And uh, from a demographic standpoint, I, I agree with uh, your guest. I, I've seen it on both sides of the equation. Another man with, I saw going into a store with his wife, she had a mask on, he didn't, and they were seniors. In any event... You I, know, that makes total sense to me. I can think of couples like that. <laughs> uh, that, that does not sound strange to me at all, Dennis. Oh, dear. I just make it mandatory. Let's get on with it, because we know that it will... Pr- prevent a second wave. It's, it's, it's a given. Okay. Thanks for that, Dennis. Thanks, thank you. Bye. Bye. And, and you know, Mike, uh, it's, we've also heard from some public health officials saying, you know, doing it kind of piecemeal as a municipal thing is not really a good idea that, you know, in the whole province, it should be made mandatory and that will give the best protection. So I, I don't know, um, you know, and, and every jurisdiction seems to be trying to get away from the hammer part of it and, and using the stick and making it more socially acceptable. Is that something that you would like to see the province consider or do? Yeah, I think the province needs to definitely consider it. Uh, we obviously need to be following the advice of public health officials. I can tell you, Libby, that when the rule came in for Wellington, Dufferin, and Guelph Public Health, I did receive a lot of emails and phone calls into my office, people who were upset with the order. And so as a result, uh, the mayor, the city of Guelph, our MP, and I, three of us wrote a statement in support of our chief medical officer of health. But here's the bottom line, and I think your callers have reflected this as well, that if we want the economy to reopen safely, we want to try to get back to as much new normal uh, of our parts of our life again and to do it safely and in a way that helps minimize what a second wave of the virus would look like. Face coverings are an important part of that. 
And so if we want to get back to a normal life, I think we need to look at what are the safety precautions that are going to allow us to get back to some normality in our life. And, you know, it, it's interesting because the province has taken a leadership role on many aspects of this. And actually, even here in Toronto, when I've talked to both the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, and the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, and you bring that up and they say, well, it's really an interesting idea. But I think they're waiting for, a, a, a you know, a, a, a higher level of government to take the leadership on this. And maybe that's something that has to be put forward in the legislature. Yeah, and you know, maybe others can look to Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, and Dr. Mercer, who was our chief medical officer of health. You know, she looked at the science. She she made her 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 her, her recommendation or you know her order. And I think it was important that elected officials in Guelph that we supported her. We backed her up. And let's see how it works out in Guelph, in Wellington, in Dufferin. And if it works well and we we have lower infection numbers as we reopen our economy and we get back to our normality faster than others, then maybe others are going to want to follow Guelph's lead and and adopt similar measures. Okay, well, uh, that's certainly a good idea. Mike Schreiner, the head of the Ontario Green Party, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.